welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. I'm Jason Bates from 11FS, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Rishi Kosler, CEO of Oak North, a leading challenger bank in the UK. Thanks for joining us, Rishi. Thank you. So let's start off with your background. What led you and Joel to, to start Oak North? Sure. So Joel and I started our first business back in 2002 together. And the business is a financial research business. We started, we had no money. We built the business with no money. But when, when you're sort of balancing um, growth of, of a new business, you often get into working capital issues, right? Especially if you're, well, if you're not successful, you have other issues. But if you're successful, you get working capital issues. Yeah. So we had that. And we went to a, a bank and tried to get some funding from them. And despite having multiple year contracts with top tier investment banks, we were unable to actually get any, any debt financing, right? Um, and very shortly thereafter, we managed to get into the institutional part of the banks and actually managed to get a much larger amount, 100 times the amount that we were seeking from a high street bank because you actually had someone who was willing to spend the time looking at your business. And we thought to ourselves that actually, there seems like an interesting opportunity here. As we, sorry, we scaled that business, we sold that as we were selling it. We thought, let's look back at that problem set and see if that's actually a problem set which exists, number one, in lots of other markets and to, to, to lots of other entrepreneurs. And we figured it is. Because what's happened in the lending market generally is that you've had people massively focus on trying to figure out how do you make the best lending decision for a small 10, 50, 80,000 pound lend. And you've had a lot of people figure out how can I get the best service for an institutional client who wants to borrow hundreds of millions or billions, right? But the company is sort of in between almost the missing middle, right? So if you, if you want to borrow from a few hundred thousand to say 20, 30 million, you're too small for the institutional guys to get involved and therefore analyze you for, for what you are as a business. Therefore, you get thrown to a much more of a product-driven approach, which is a retail-esque type experience. And that just leads to a lot of businesses not getting served. So in our view, we were solving a real problem, which is this missing metal really not getting served well by existing lenders, either be it debt funds or banks, um, coupled with our view on how to actually tackle that market, which was really by integrating what we had learned around credit research with actual data machine learning technology to be able to provide significant leverage to do the right type of analysis at the right cost point. So what do you think created that gap? Because in my head, I guess, I'm thinking organizational silos, that yep. actually the way that banks are structured, mm -hmm. there was this gap between two, two silos. Do you think that's... So I think that there are two things, right? So the silo point is, is, is a good point, right? Because SME also gets flung often between corporate and retail, and it's sort of, it's somewhat gets orphaned at times, right? Um, so I think there's the silo point. But I think the bigger point is actually, if you want to go and actually spend, um, I don't know, the normal time that an institutional investor would spend on a particular deal, i.e. three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, actually analyzing the business, Given that you're going to be getting a fee on a 10 million pound loan opposed to a 100 million pound loan, a percent of 10 million pounds isn't a percent of 100 million, right? So fundamentally, you don't have as much to pay for getting the analysis done. So a lot of this is about how do you change the model to significantly reduce the cost of the underwriting, but still enable you to do the appropriate amount of work to structure a deal specifically around that business. And it was really the combination of what Joel and I had learned in our previous business on doing uh, process re-engineering for research mm -hmm. and coupled with, like I said, sort of bringing people in from places like Palantir, et cetera, to bring in the data 
machine learning element to say how can we get massive efficiency on how we look and underwrite and make credit decisions which actually allowed us to tap into this market so not just silos also a very different approach using technology to to actually target and and, and solve this problem that's amazing so i guess fast forward a few years uh who are your customers now what are the problems you're solving for them so if you look at our customers today i mean we have a lot of what i would say are the faster growing um, businesses within within uh, the UK which are led by strong entrepreneurs so you've got businesses like uh, Brasserie Blanc like Leon you've got much smaller businesses again in the consumer facing space like notes um, we've got major house building organizations again we all know about the shortage of housing in the, in the country and that's been a major focus area for us and especially, especially affordable housing um, around London and outside um, so we've got people like Galliard, like Frogmore, etc. So we've got a lot of people who are who are sort of, I would say, very driven entrepreneurs who are scaling their businesses. At the same time, we've got lots of entrepreneurs who it may be their first business and it may not be names that, that we're all aware of, but still have solid businesses which are scaling very nicely and we're helping them take that next step, be it opening up their next outlet, be it helping them buy their next machinery, et cetera, um, to, to get to the next level. Um, I think to, to date, we probably added something like, um, through our lending, about two to 3,000 jobs in the UK and about 2,500 new homes. Um, so again, we feel like we're having a real impact um, for, for the overall economy because as we all know the SME sector especially the companies which are in the scale-up phase are the ones which actually contribute the most back to GDP and employment growth within the country. And, and I saw on your website actually you mentioned uh, principles about lending to uh, businesses that are environmentally friendly or don't do animal testing or a whole variety of things. Is, is that impact important to you? Look the impact it's about how do you be a good citizen right? So ultimately, um, we are capitalists, right? And we are entrepreneurs. But fundamentally, how do you do that in a, in a way which is um, commensurate with actually good values? And, and to us, that's our core. Um, so, so, so very important to us. And so I guess I don't see adverts for Oak North on the tube. I don't see them uh, sort of plastered around all over the place. And especially in a world where a lot of challenger banks, challenger fintechs are really shouting to try and get heard. You seem like you have a very subtle message. How, How do people find you? So this is the great thing, right? I mean, the fact that we haven't had to go out and, and shout from the rooftop, and yet, in our view, we've built a pretty pretty meaningful business. I mean, we hit cash flow break even in 11 months. We pay back all the crude losses in 24 months, right? And That's, and, a, that's and, you know, unheard of. That's amazing. I mean, for a startup, right? <laughs> so, I mean, forget about a startup bank, right? Sure. So, so we're getting real financial metrics and real scale within the business without having to actually go and throw all that money out on advertising because fundamentally we think we're dealing with a real problem that people have right and when you're targeting a real pain point actually the ecosystem helps actually drive people to you so even on our lending side today probably around 60 percent of what's in our pipeline is stuff which has come to us or been referred to us by people who've had interaction with us rather than us having to go out and actually get it purely driven by the fact that people understand we do something different. And again, entrepreneurs talk to other entrepreneurs, people in a growth mindset talk to other people in a growth mindset. So that whole ecosystem plays very well for us. So what's the business model? How do you make money? How did you clear your debts in two years? So look, the, the business model is incredibly simple. It's the business model of banking, which is basically you, you bring in deposits at a cheaper 
cost than where you lend your money out, mm -hmm. right? So ultimately, um, th th there's a little bit more complexity to that. But fundamentally, um, we bring in deposits on a, on a, on a daily basis from customers. Um, obviously, those deposits are government guaranteed un uh, under, the, uh, under the UK um, uh, FSCS scheme. Um, and we lend the money out back out to entrepreneurs. So that spread in between is effectively how we make our money. So beyond actually finding that profitable business model, you, you've done a few other things that interest me. I guess one of the challenges that I would I'd lay at Oak North door, not really understanding the business, is that I understand you have a credit committee. Mm -hmm. You actually have people yep. that then I come to in order to, to lay my case for wanting to borrow money. Yep. And I guess in a digital world, in a machine learning world, some would say that that's, you know, that's old school. That, mm -hmm. That's really an old school mm -hmm. way. How did you decide to take that approach? Yeah. How is it working for you now? And do you see that being scalable in the future? So look, I absolutely love the question, right? Because when we started the business, we didn't say, how can we be a great bank or how can we be a great XYZ? We said, this is a problem which exists. How do we solve this problem? And what we started thinking through were what are all the different types of models out there which we can think through to actually take ingredients from, put them together, to get the right mix to solve the problem. And ultimately, when you're lending money, and again, we're going up to ticket sizes all the way up to 25 million pounds, right? So these aren't, you are making decisions of tens of thousands, right? On tens of thousands, you can have a statistical curve and say, you know what, you're gonna lose X percent, right? I can't sit here and say, I know I'm gonna lose X percent of my 25 million pound loans, right? Because fundamentally, you just, that's not a level you can afford to lose, right? So whenever you're lending, it, to me, it's a combination of what is the business, what are all the financials, what are the industry dynamics, but also who are the people behind it, who are the entrepreneurs behind it, who's the management behind it, etc. And not factoring in that element, in my view, is missing a very significant portion of the decision making. So the fact that we have our clients actually come into credit committee has meant that we've had deals where actually on paper, we were all for the deal, right? And we go into credit committee and unanimously we say, we're not doing this deal, right? And we've actually had the reverse where when it's come through credit committee, it's been a weak proposition, right? But it's still worth hearing, but, but, but not the strongest. And you meet the management and you say, these guys understand their business, right? And they know the drivers, they're on top of it. And you're like, this is, these are good people to lend to, right? These are, these are money makers, right? Opposed to not. So the, taking that out, again, is taking the, the sort of computer says no approach, right? And for us, it was uh, what we think we, 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 was really interesting. We've taken machine learning and put that together with a very traditional approach, which is actually having the customer come in and meeting the customer. And to us, it's that mix, which is incredibly interesting, rather than saying, actually, we're going to be purely digital, purely automated decisioning, because that's not solving the problem. Because if you do that, fundamentally, you're not going to end up any different from all the other lenders out there. Right. So it's that data-driven machine learning augmenting actually that human exactly. element of, of the people exactly. coming in front of you. So I guess moving on to technology, you know, what is this stack? I, I think I first heard of you guys when uh, I heard that you'd, you know, you'd moved to the cloud mm -hmm. uh, quite a few years ago. Yeah. I think the, the even mention of the cloud to the regulators would bring them out in a fit. And all of a sudden, you'd taken your core systems yeah. onto AWS. Yeah. Talk us through that process. So, so, so this was incredibly interesting. So when we were going through our licensing process in 2015, 
we said to the regulator, uh, to the FCA, that um, we wanted to have our stack, tech stack up on the cloud, right? Um, and they very politely said, you can either help us write our white paper on cloud computing, or you can get licensed, right? So we said, okay, let's get licensed first, then let's help you write your white paper, okay. right? So that's what we did. We, we got our license, and then we actually went back to the FCA with AWS, right? And jointly, we actually worked on actually giving input into cloud computing policy for the FCA. As soon as they, they got to the point where they were like, where we have comfort now that we understand, right, and have our hands around this, we flipped our infrastructure into the cloud, right? Mm -hmm. So we had to take it into sort of the prehistoric ages of co-hosting, uh, but then we, we, we flipped it back into, into the cloud. Um, and again, to, to move our whole stack up into the cloud, took us like six or eight weeks. And I mean, just to give you a sense of how nimble the infrastructure is today, we ran a BCP test, so a business continuity test, where we rebuilt our whole banking systems within three hours, right, in a new location. So if you think about that, if you think about the extreme, which is Williams and Glynn trying to divorce themselves from RBS, right? I, I forget, that was 1.6 billion, billion. 1. billion lost, right? And a failed project. Yeah. And you and clearly totally different scale of business, fully accept that. But you look at the advantages of new tech, right? The fact that all of our um, applications are actually Java-based, they're all internet technologies, et cetera, and hosted in the cloud. The flexibility that gives you is just next to none. So where we are today in terms of nimbleness to be able to adapt our systems and evolve them is, is just so strong. FinTech innovation is changing the way we bank. And the speed we deploy new customer experiences is vital. Onboarding the right fintech partners can take months. Do you have time to lose? Introducing the Innovation Acceleration Platform from Temenos. Test fintech solutions at speed with real data straight from the core banking system. With a yearly subscription, you can begin testing the same day and create new customer experiences in no time. For more details, visit marketplace.temenos.com. So what does the organization look like? How much of it is tech? How much of it is banking? Like, what, what does it look like? So if we look across, across the whole business, right, uh, across locations, we're probably around, I would say, probably say 50, 60% tech and tech and data scientists, right, versus what you'd normally find in a bank. And we get a lot of uh, questions from large incumbents about organization and, and how you run teams. Yeah. Uh, everyone looks at the Spotify model or different squads and teams and guilds and everything else. How do you manage internally? How, how do you organize? How do we organize? Look, uh, our, we organize around projects, right? So, so we put together multidisciplinary people into a team to actually run a particular project. And then on the next project, you may have a totally different structure, right? Um, so it's very much driven by, by what the need is. That is, out, that is on all the innovative evolutionary type stuff or revolutionary type stuff which we're doing. Sure. Um, on, the, on the running the business, there you have, you have much more traditional sort of um, uh, departments. Back office, front office and everything. Origination, credit, et cetera. Okay. Risk, compliance, et cetera. Uh, and so uh, I guess, you know, you've been through the full cycle of starting a, a, a small business and seeing it grow and be very successful. How do, you, how do you see the leadership and motivation of those teams? Like, what's the CEO's job? I mean, look, motivation of the teams 
essential, right? And what I what I hope we built within within Oak North and, and you know it's been said to me many a time is a culture where actually people feel like they they believe in the mission, they are they believe they're entrepreneurs within their mission. And many of them are owners, right? So one thing specifically we did is that we opened up our investment rounds to our employees to enable them to invest. And, you know, all in proportion to what, what, what was affordable for them. So some employees invested 5,000 pounds, some employees invested two, 300,000 pounds, right? Um, but in hard cash. So the, if, you, if you look across the business, we have roughly about a quarter of our team who've invested the equivalent of one year's net salary into the business, wow. right? So the type of buy-in that actually provides to, to the teams is dramatically different, where a lot of people sort of say, we'd never do this as a job, right? We, we do this because it's sort of, it is us, right? And, and I think that's the culture which differentiates us in the market and enables us to, to, to run at the speed we do. Mm. And so I guess the other flip of motivation is, is that hard execution. Mm-hmm. What are your productivity tips, either individual, individually or within teams? I mean, look, I, uh, hopefully most of my team would say I'm probably still the most intense person in the room, uh-huh. right? So I'm, I'm on 24 by 7, and for me it's leading by example, right? Yeah. And ultimately, if everyone's clear on what their goals are, they're very clear metrics in terms of what, what needs to be achieved. And there's no, there's, there's no um, how can you put it, organizational pull in terms of politics and things like that. So you just clear, clear the way and everyone just un- understands we're here to have fun and we're here for the mission, mm-hmm. right? It, it makes life so much simpler. So where does this lead? What's the future hold for Oak North? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> A lot. <laughs> so look, our ambitions are very large, right? Um, I think, uh, as I see it, we I look at these things in chapters, right? And we're sort of on chapter one at the moment. Um, so, so for us, we, you know, we, we've got a long, long runway and we want to build a really large business because we believe the problem we're solving exists in multiple markets and it's a problem which actually is a scale problem in most markets. So it's, it's around the same thing, but just scaling globally. Exactly. Great. Um, so I guess finally, we have a lot of people listen or, or watch the video uh, who are interested in getting into fintech, either moving out of banks or they're just starting out. Like, what advice do you give people? So look, first, I would say there's a lot of noise around fintech. And I mean, I, I by accident went to one or two fintech conferences um, and, and it's hard to, to sort of filter through. To, to find the, the substance sometimes, right? Um, ultimately, it's all about solving a real problem, right? And showing real metrics behind your business on how you're solving that, right? I, I'm still a big believer that businesses are around making money, right? Um, and therefore, making money is important. Now, there are clear, I mean, Jeff Bezos with Amazon has clearly proved that you don't need to make money and you can scale to a phenomenal size. The countering example um, everyone brings out. There you go. But... The reality is, you know, how many Jeff Bezos are there, sure. right? So um, if you keep to the fundamentals of business and keep to the fact that you're solving a real problem, I think that, that puts you on the right path generally. Rishi, thanks so much for spending time with us. Thank you. And don't forget, you can find 11FS, the people who bring you this podcast, a challenger consultancy that creates and launches next-generation finance propositions for our clients, taking a startup approach to making a difference. Come talk to us at 11FS team on Twitter or hello at 11FS.com if you want to drop us an email. 
If you like what you've heard this week, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on iTunes. We love that. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you.